How's it going, everybody? I'm Luke. Joe's across from me here in the Charging Buffalo studio. I think that's, that's what we're calling it, yes. Uh, talking about some post-deadline savers moves. Uh, now, one thing before we get into all this that I do want to say to you, right? Uh, I found the, the one thing... See, I really want to get this in. Uh, the one thing in life that is worse than the Buffalo Sabres is slam poetry. Absolutely correct. Yes, yes, I am correct. Yeah, it's whole art. I can't stand it. I, I, I get to, into tears of cringe watching slam poetry videos. But uh, that's a topic for another day. I'd rather watch a Ralph Kruger press conference. Oh, I don't know poetry. about that. I don't know about that. I, I truly think that. Uh, Come on. I, I don't know. I don't know. But anywho. Um, one thing that people might think is worse than slam poetry, though, is the return for Taylor Hall. And that's probably what we're going to talk about a lot today. Lots of differing opinions, uh, on Sabres Twitter, wherever you get your Sabres news, whatever platform it is. I know on the Charge Buffalo Twitter, uh, we've gotten some great interaction as well from our followers, our listeners, and whatnot, our readers about the, uh, the trade, uh, and, I mean, let's be honest, that's probably going to be the primary topic of conversation. A couple more Sabres were moved out as well. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of movements. A couple additions, too. A couple of additions, that's right. Uh, where should we begin? Uh, I think first we'll talk about the Brandon Montour trade. They also yes. made a waiver claim. Going chronological order. They made a waiver uh, claim as did. well. That's I correct. I almost forgot about that. Drake Kajula. Yep. Claimed yep. off waivers in the Arizona Is it Kajula or Casula? It's Kajula. Kajula, okay. Yeah, Sabres development camp legend. Yes, yes, yes. All right, Brandon Montour. They traded him to Florida for a third-round pick. Um, third-round pick's good. I think two, if we were talking about a Brandon Montour trade two months ago, I think we all would have been thinking, oh, it's probably like a fifth or a sixth. But with his improved play with a coach not named Ralph Kruger, they got a third-round pick, and they didn't even need to retain salary. That's correct. I think his improved play of late definitely boosted the his value. Um, I mean, because it would have been like a Nathan Beaulieu trade. Oh, yeah, right? absolutely. Fifth-round pick, I think it was, that we trade Beaulieu for. But uh, I think Montour had a point or something in his final game, didn't he? Probably. He was getting points every night, basically. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I slept through the Sunday game actually cuz I had a really long work night the night before so I didn't see that he was gone by then so that's another point uh but no Montour had a great finish in a Sabres uniform uh and you know what I wish him the best of luck with Florida Florida is a team that I hope can uh do a lot of damage in the playoffs Florida made up. some interesting moves they mm-hmm. they signed Nikita Gusev to a one-year deal I think a million dollars after his contract was terminated um, he didn't do so hot in New Jersey, but I think maybe a fresh start could and do him some good. That's always fun when a team makes a free agent signing for the playoffs instead mm-hmm. of a um, instead of a trade. I think that's always that's always entertaining. I you know people are gonna say like, oh, what's Florida doing? They got Montour and Gusev, two guys who their underlying numbers aren't too good, but. I don't know. I I see Montour as a pretty good pickup for them. I think it's a good trade for both sides. Sabres got another draft pick. They're up to 10 picks in this draft now. And they also get a guy who just hasn't really worked out yet in North America in Gusev. But I think given that Florida is in a much, much better situation than New Jersey, 
I think that he might work out there. And they also acquired uh, Sam Bennett from the Calgary Flames right. for uh, you know, 2022 second round pick. And, ah, oh, what's his name? Uh, his name? I think his first name's Emil. Oh, he was their second Florida's second round pick. And uh, his first name is Emil. I can tell you that, but I don't. He was Florida's second round pick last year in 2020. Yeah, I can. I can find. Well, it. no, I I really like those moves for the Panthers. Um, you know, they're they're a team that Emil Heineman Heineman, yeah. Rather than last year, where you know they had loaded up on offensive talent and it didn't really work out, right? They had Hoffman to go with. Barkov and Huberdeau and I Dadinov. Yeah, right. They had Dadinov. Uh so they really uh bought in to that uh approach. Um Tro was Trocheck still Trocek, there by then or was Trocek he traded? was traded to Carolina he had been the traded deadline Carolina. last year. Yeah. Well, uh no, but they had you know, they had loaded up on kind of some offensive pieces, but now they're they focused on Barkov and Huberdeau leading the offense for them, and then everyone else surrounding them is kind of role players, guys on cheap contracts, and I think Bennett is great for fitting into that role. Also a playoff performer. Playoff performer as well. Yep. Uh, he's a bit of a pest. I mean, you know, I hate the, the term, but, I mean, how else do you describe it? He adds some grit for the playoffs. He adds some uh, some physicality for the playoffs. He's a pest. Uh, I really like that one. A uh, little change of pace. That's kind of what that team consists of. It's guys with, you know, who maybe spare parts elsewhere. Anthony Duclair. Is there Alex Wenberg, who was bought out, signed there? Carter Verhage. Carter Verhage. Also, so, uh, if Buffalo wants any shot of making the playoffs next year, they need to have a very like good, savvy offseason with good free agent signings like the Panthers did. They need the 2021 the 2022 version of Carter Verhage. That's yeah. what they really need. Yeah. and uh, Who's that guy that doesn't get qualified? Tampa. Tampa let him go. They didn't give him a qualifying offer. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> well, they were desperate too. But no, I'm sorry to go off on a tangent about the Panthers. But no, I I really like the pickups they made. And Brandon Montour, they need defense. Ekblad's out. I mean, will he be out through the playoffs? Or will yeah, he come? probably. Sorry, might come back halfway through if they get far. Uh, but no good moves there. And uh, yeah, good on the Panthers. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the Drake Kajula waiver claim. I mean, it's whatever. It's a guy. I I thought that maybe they were picking him up as a potential like replacement for maybe Toby Reader if he got moved, but obviously that didn't happen. But y- y- you need warm bodies, right, to get you through the season. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's could, an NHL player. Yeah. You know, he could play. Kajula was a great college player. Not exactly anything special. In, at the NHL level, but I mean, he's probably a better player than than like Toby Reader. Yeah, I'd I'd mm-hmm. rather watch Kajula over Toby Reader or even Shahan at that point. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he I, uh, his his quarantine's probably ending pretty soon, so maybe he'll be maybe he'll be on the ice on Thursday against the Capitals. I think they're facing the Capitals. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's not playing tonight against the Bruins. But you know who is playing against the Bruins tonight? Anders Bjork. Sabres trade Taylor Hall and Curtis Lazar to Boston for Anders Bjork in a second round pick. Yes. And on the surface, this trade looks terrible. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to you. This trade does not look good. I think 
I don't want to say fans expected better, but fans hoped for better. And if you expected any better than this, I don't know what to tell you because the insider, what we've seen on the ice, for, for one fact of the matter, would tell you that this is probably what you're going to get. Uh, what the insiders have been telling us on on podcasts and WGR and other radio stations around North America the Sabres weren't getting a first-round pick for Taylor Hall, and I think people's hopes got a little too high up there when Nick Foligno and uh, David Savard got moved for first-round picks. But, I don't know, I'm not all that surprised. Like, yeah, you, you obviously hope that there's more coming back. It, it kind of stung that Curtis Lazar was getting moved in this trade as well. Paul Hamilton, I listened to, I had a death wish and listened to WGR all day yesterday five straight hours of the instigators and Paul Hamilton was on like four times throughout the day and said that Lazar was only included in the trade for cap reasons and I'm like what that doesn't make any sense because Lazar is only making 100k more than uh Sheehan and Reader like why couldn't they be included in the trade so I don't know it's it's not a good trade at all it's a bad trade but they got something I know some people are saying, oh, they should have just held on to Hall and showed that Kevin Adams means business, but how many people would be pissed off if they just held on to him and lost him for nothing? Right, and I don't I don't get how the no-movement clause like went over everybody's head. Oh, yeah, I, I thought absolutely. it was a common, I thought it was, like, known. Yeah, that's... it was very, very common knowledge. I think people just completely were like, ah, he's going to want to go anywhere. Nah. Not, not nah. the case. It seemed... It, According to Hall in his uh, Zoom call with the Bruins, I think it was yesterday, yesterday afternoon, he said that he really wanted to be a Bruin and the no-move clause helped that come to fruition. And then Adams was questioned about it yesterday, and he said that checks out. Yeah, I, so. and I, I believe that they were close to signing him. The Bruins were close to signing Hall Cap during was free probably agency. a factor as well. Yeah, Cap... Probably, I mean, that has to be the main reason, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Sabres gave him $8 million. I can't imagine what the Bruins are willing to give him. But I doubt there was another team that offered anywhere close to $8 million. Yeah. And uh, another factor here, people were saying, like, oh, they're, they've retained half the salary. They should have gotten a first. Not many teams can fit $4 million on their salary cap either. And we saw in the, I think, this has been taglined as the broker deals where a third team has been involved in retaining salary. Retaining one million is easier than retaining two million. You know? Wait, would it would it have been a million? And like the the other teams weren't really retaining that much salary, if you think about it. And if you're retaining that much on haul, you're gonna want a third a third round pick. If teams are already weary of giving up a, a first or a second-round pick for Taylor Hall, you think they're going to want to give the broker team a third-round pick to retain even more money? That's just not realistic. Yeah. And, yeah, maybe the Bruins were already weird because according to – I haven't gotten a chance to listen to the 31 Thoughts podcast yet, but it seemed uh, – I think Friedman said that the Bruins were kind of out on Hall and then went circled back. So if they don't circle back, the Sabres probably have a first-round pick and a pretty decent return for Taylor Hall. But Bruins circled back. Hall wanted to be a Bruin. 
Um, it sounded like Vegas was very much in on that, and they gave up more for uh, Matthias Janmark from Chicago. They got a second and a third. They retained some more salary with help from the San Jose Sharks, but there are a lot of factors that go into this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it must have just been a nightmare this deadline trying to uh, get things going. Not every team was probably in their, their facilities, so it must have just been chaotic and difficult. Um, and maybe that's why we didn't see as many little trades, perhaps, as we normally see. Like, lots oh, of little, uh, you know, depth forward for a six-round pick type deals. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they, they, they happened. But, um, no, it was it was still a fun deadline. There's so the last hour. Trades. Last hour was pretty good. Yes, yes. That's when the, the Mantha trade broke and mm-hmm. whatnot. But uh, That was a mammoth of a deal. A mammoth deal. A mammoth deal. But, uh, yeah. Now, you're, you're a fan of Anders Bjork. Yeah, I, li- I liked him in college. when uh, Back when Cal Peterson was playing for Notre Dame, I watched a lot of him. He was a great college player. Hasn't really translated to the NHL. But Bjork's a skill guy. He's, he's got a good shot. He's skilled. He's got speed. I think he needed a change of scenery, and he was a player. I don't think I mentioned him on the podcast last week, but when we were talking about a potential deal, I think I mentioned that I want to see another Cassian for Hodgson type deal. Yeah, And Bjork is the type of player that I would have liked to see the Sabres take a chance on, even if they didn't trade Taylor Hall of the Bruins. So I think he's a good pickup. I think he's slated to play on with Dylan Cousins and Artur Zalainen tonight. So, Looking forward to that. Yeah, it should be a fun line, coupled with the 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 middle stats. Yeah, move move line. over Pasternak, Bergeron, and Marchand. There's a new perfection line, okay? And they're uh, middle stat, Tomer, and Asplund. The, uh, the Tam line. I tweeted ATM. this out. I don't, I don't think, oh, I don't think you, I don't think you've been on Twitter. But like an hour ago, I mm. tweeted out this line needs a name, and I got lots and lots the of ATM suggestions. Line. ATM cash. ATM was suggested by our friend Steve. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the the Matt line, mm. and you got ATM Middle Thompson Plund. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Sevens line that's that's good. I like yeah. so far. I like ATM the best. Lucky Sevens. The ECHL line, because people would have sent them all there last year. <laughs> That's a good one. The pre-puberty line. Yeah, what about the daycare? <laughs> I like ATM. I think I'm going to call them the ATM The playpen. Because they have been absolute money for the, mm-hmm. the Sabres mm-hmm. this year. The ATM line, that's what I'm calling them. Rasmus Asmus got, what was he got, five or six goals? I think five goals. Five goals, 12 games, something like Every that. Every game. It's it's one of the three that are scoring, and we, we talked about this on the show last week. <clears throat> I mean, how many lines have given this team a week's worth of, you know, good hockey? And I says to you off the air, maybe when this team, you know, fingers crossed, gets good, right? Uh, you know, crossing your fingers. Uh, this can be a very good third line. Absolutely. Just imagine this line playing down the lineup. It's or the fourth line. The fourth line. That's right. Yeah. The ideal fourth line. Come on. Like if that's your fourth line, you're you're looking pretty good. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm excited. I'm I'm really excited. I'm excited to watch the game tonight. I'm very excited. As am I. As am I. Uh, against the Boston Bruins. 
Mm-hmm. Taylor Hall. Curtis Lazar, you think it's – I put your tinfoil hats on for a second, but it wasn't Curtis Lazar out week to week and now all of a sudden he's playing tonight? Yes. And then – yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Tip, oh, put, geez, Doc. I don't put really your tinfoil hats on. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Did, was there something going on there? Because why did they mm-hmm. trade Lazar? I don't understand. Hmm. Like, I like I liked Lazar. He's obviously a replaceable piece. And I think I said that I woke up at 3 a.m. to check if Hall was traded, and then he was, so then I didn't end up sleeping the rest of the day. I ended up working at 7 o'clock, so deadline day was kind of rough for me. Ugh. But Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> followed by five hours of the instigators. Ugh. But, yeah, man, I don't know. Like, obviously you would like to keep Lazar. I think he's, like, the perfect fourth-line center. Mm-hmm. But, he's yeah, I, I can... I'm not going to cry over losing Curtis Lazar. And, like, the narrative that people are saying that Lazar is just as good as Bjork is just, come on. And the people yeah. that are like, but the money. Mm-hmm. You're nickel and diming over $800,000. Why isn't anyone crying about the Cody Hodgson buyout? When was the last time someone was like, oh, if only they didn't buy out Cody Hodgson? Well, that $800,000 against the salary cap. Like, that's nothing. Hockey fans are super weird. Same thing with... Whenever someone suggests buying out Cody Eakin, the $500,000 that's against the salary cap next year, we're going to cry about that. You know what's worse than having $500,000 against the salary cap? Cody Eakin playing on the ice in a Buffalo Sabres uniform. Mm Mm-hmm. No, get him out of here. It's essentially like just giving five hundred. You know, it's 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 the same as just adding on an extra five hundred thousand dollars onto a contract exactly. for a new player. Whatever yeah. you can you can imagine who's a player that's undervalued right now on the salary cap. Oh, well, it's a tough one. <laughs> well, Scott Lawton got a pretty good deal. You know, he got three million. Three million AAV for five years or something. So only a little bit more than I don't know. I mean, game. yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, obviously, the Hall trade isn't that good. It's not good, but I think Bjork is going to be a decent player for the Sabers. You know, I think part of the reason I hate it so much because, like, you know, it it, it it just hates to see after a good return has been built up for so long now. But yeah, be realistic here. It's it's the COVID year, so nobody can afford that contract. So you're going to have to retain some salary. Uh, two being a shortened season and being COVID year, they're only getting him for 15 games. Uh, three, he scored four freaking goals. Two, two really? Yeah, he scored two freaking goals. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm almost positive that's two. Um, and I mean, three, he's on expiring deal. It's like Evander, and he's been. Not good this year. Like, yes, I understand right. that his advanced stats are good, and but it, I mean, the, but he's like not the narrative here. that he's been unlucky died months ago. Taylor Hall is not here though to put up advanced stats. He's here to score goals. Yeah, I mean, I don't. When I think of you know superstar players, I don't think advanced stats, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, he, it, it it reminds me of the Evander Kane trade. Yeah. Remember how disappointed we were with that? Mm-hmm. Uh, it ended up working out, though. Yeah. But there's, there's no condition in this trade. And another thing is, too, Come on. the no movement clause, that was a wrinkle that we should have seen coming. It was known from the day he signed. I think it went under the radar with all the excitement and hoopla yeah. of the Sabres signing him that he has a no move clause. Uh, so 
Hall dictated the narrative his entire time. You know, he was the only guy who knew the outcome was, that that was coming. Taylor Hall's an idiot. He seems like it. He won. He bought Ralph Kruger snake oil from his pop-up snake oil salesman tent. He decided to come here, and then he bl- presumably blocks a trade to the Vegas Golden Knights. That's what it, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. And he goes to the Bruins, who might not make the playoffs. I hope. I hope that the Bruins don't make the playoffs. I think it'd be absolutely hilarious. One, because it's the Bruins. Two, because Hall wanted to go there oh so badly. And now I really hope that the Bruins are like, you know what, Taylor, goodbye. We do not want to sign you long term. Mm-hmm. Because I think that the reason that Hall wanted to go to the Bruins so badly is because he wants to sign there. Hall, it seems like he's all about security. He wants to find a long term place to play out the rest of his career. And you know what? Maybe that's in Boston, but he's an idiot if he had a chance to go to the Islanders or the Bruins. Not not the Bruins, uh, the Golden Knights or the Avalanche. Well, you know what's funny? Um, Everyone brings up how he like he had won the, you know, he was a heart winner. That was, four, was three, four years ago at this e- point. Exactly. Like, come on. And, but the thing is, he only had 93 points. Wasn't that the year where everyone was kind of struggling to even get, like... Yeah, that was, like, the last year where it was, like... but The last year before, like, 100-point scores were, like, were extremely commonplace. Common. So, like, I mean, okay, yeah, heart to heart. All right, yeah, I'll give it to him. He won the heart trophy. You he won the heart trophy, but listen, he's not... He hasn't had a good season, like, a great season since. Or really before that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at his, his, his hockey reference page, and, like, his best season before that was, was 80 points. Then it's a bunch of, like, you know, 65, 38 points guy. You know, he's like like a Mike Hoffman kind of career. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I don't know. Um, Maybe it's just me speaking retrospectively. But uh, I don't know. Right when you think about it, I mean, what were we expecting? What yeah, should, if, what if should we have been? If you're disappointed with the return for Taylor Hall, what did you expect? Yeah. Because if you factor in the no-move clause, $8 million cap hit, you if you wanted to get a first-round pick, you probably would have had to find a team that he was willing to go to and have a third team on the side to retain another half of the salary, which $1 million costed a fourth-round pick. What does $2 million cost? A third-round pick? Okay, you got teams that are already weary to trade for Hall in the first place. Now that team has to give up another draft pick to another team to broker the deal. I mean, really, it's it's. I think the Taylor Hall name is what the Bruins are trading for. Full stop here. If Taylor Hall, if this was any other player, any other player, reputation aside, what is this player going for? Exactly what the Sabres got. Yeah. If you... Do not factor in reputation in this trade. What we saw on the ice this year from Taylor Hall, like you would have been happy with the return that they got. Like the thing is, too, if they sign him to an extension, okay. Like cool. he's not he's not going to be the Taylor Hall of old. Yeah, Phil Kessel's a better player than Taylor Hall right now. Mm-hmm. You know, like who who cares if he resigns? Oh, I don't care. I, yeah. I have no emotional attachment to Taylor. It's not like the Sabres drafted Hall and like this is just 
COVID pandemic random signing to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't care. Like, the fact that they got a second-round pick versus a first-round pick does not upset me at all. Like, yeah, I, I don't like the trade. You obviously hope that they got a little more. I think the biggest issue I have with is there's no condition on the trade where if the Bruins win the cup or go to the conference final, it becomes a first-round pick. Well, you know, what scares me is you say they have 10 picks in this draft, right? Mm-hmm. But isn't it also not the deepest draft? Doesn't it's it? not, but in theory, with the lack of scouting going on, the OHL has not played at all this right, season. Right, In over a year, there's been no OHL games. Mm-hmm. You can find some hidden gems. And with all these picks that they've amassed, like you would hope that they can find at least three key contributing NHL players out of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so, no conditions on the trade hurts. But, yeah, maybe. And I I feel like the, the criticism towards Adams is just people being mad for the sake of being mad. Like, people think, oh, maybe they just... They didn't play hardball, so he has a good reputation as a new GM. If you just want to go to Boston, you just, what if Boston was like, okay, this is our final offer, and then what if they're like, you know what, you, I need a first-round pick here. I need it. Give me a first-round pick at a condition, and they're like, you know what, kick rocks, Kevin. I'm going to go give St. Louis the return that we gave you for Hoffman. And then, well, it's, it sounds like they the Sabres did have some other interests, but then what if Hall's like, you know what, I'll, I'm good. I'll just stay here and sign with Boston free agency. Mm-hmm. Maybe he didn't want to go to Vegas. He's an idiot if he didn't want to, but there's factors that can contribute to this. Like, we don't know anything. We don't know anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. And another See, thing, sorry to cut you off. No, I just fine. want to add this again. Trades never make sense in the NHL. Find me a trade that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Teams overpay, teams underpay. It happens every single time. You go you go through cap friendly, everyone's like, oh, they this team would never do that. That's too much. Well, I got my hands up in the air right now. This happens every every trade deadline. Team gets fleeced. Team pays too much. Sometimes there's even trades. It happens. Nothing ever makes sense. The thing with Taylor Hall too, that the Bruins had to be worried about, is that not making the playoffs history gonna follow him? They're already Are they going to win the draft lottery? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's another thing, right? I mean, something, some kind of trend is bucked here. Either Taylor Hall makes the playoffs or the Bruins win the draft lottery. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to happen. That's how these things always shape out. I hope the Bruins miss. I really hope. And I think people are really underrating Anders Bjork. I think he's going to be a good addition. I'm really excited to watch him play. He has term. Yeah, he's got which two, I hadn't two years left. He's on a good contract. Yeah, absolutely. A couple I think more. He's, he's making less than Tage Thompson. Make it 1.6 million. Oh, a little, a little more than Tage Thompson. Never mind. A little more, a little more. Two, two hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. That's that's chump change. Uh, but yeah, so the whole thing, Hall. Maybe we got our expect- expectations up. Oh, I like the analogy you used about. Oh, divorce. you wanted me to bring this up. You <laughs> want me to bring this up? Yeah. Uh, see, I was very disappointed at first. You know, I think if Lazar wasn't in this trade, I don't think I'd care as much. Okay, but it's the fact that you had to give up another guy. Like why? Uh, and I thought, you know, the trade feels 
like a bad divorce. <laughs> a couple splitting up, haven't been happy for a while, maybe they, weren't together. They were for, married for a few months. Married for a few months, and you decided... They met in a casino. Right, they right. married in Vegas to, bought to you, an Elvis impersonator. Yeah, yep. Uh, you know, they bought the bride uh, in an $8 million diamond ring. Uh, put down a $4 million down payment, essentially, returned it. Well, no, but it's like, you know, okay, well, or maybe it felt like a long marriage where it's like, okay, well, we're getting divorced. I'm kind of beaten up about this. Things didn't really work out, right? But This is happening. You're going to go sleep on the couch for a couple weeks. Right. Like, um, And that's that's what they did to Hall. He slept <laughs> on the couch the last couple games. But it's, you know, it's it's like, okay, Boston, you're you're the new boyfriend, the new girlfriend, whatever. Fine. You're uh you know, you're getting Taylor Hall. It's like, well, Taylor Hall, he you know, in in getting in moving on, he's getting the house. He's keeping the house. Okay. Uh but then you want Curtis Lazar? You want the dog too? They're taking you're taking the dog. <laughs> so Hall gets the house and he gets the dog. And we're left here looking for a new partner, and uh, we have a a dear friend in Jack Eichel who's getting sick of us crying on their shoulder <laughs> and trying to convince them to stay and listen to our problems, and he doesn't want to do it anymore. And we got to find another uh, partner, right, that he approves of, that can make us happy again. It's it's like it's like a bad divorce, right? Yeah, you're getting the house, but you had to take the dog. You had to get Curtis Lazar. That's you took low. the damn dog. You took the damn dog, and that's just that's sentimental to me. You had to take the other thing. Just, you know. Hopefully, they pick someone good with a second round pick. I really hope. I really Hopefully. hope. Hopefully, I really hope. I think I've I've been telling you. I told you before we started recording. I really hope Andrews Bjork turns out to be some like guy we're talking about ten years from mm-hmm. now, where we're saying, "Damn, remember when everyone was complaining about the Hall trade?" Everyone was like, oh, Curtis Lazar is just as good as Andrews Bjork. I Maybe hope, I hope we're talking about that 10 years from Turn now. that second-round pick into somebody. Trade it. They could. <laughs> yeah, they could. Or maybe, they, I don't know, maybe they trade up. This team has traded up like every year yeah. for the past few years. Yeah, so trade up. Um, or use it to be like, hey, Seattle, Kyle Oposo. Yeah, well, dangle this over your head. Yeah, so who knows? Kyle Oposo, hmm. Kyle Opozo in the fiftieth pick in the draft. Yep, yep. Well, I think that's 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 the thing they got to do. That's that's the next objective is getting Seattle to take Opozo or Miller or or Miller or, any I'm, of the three. If if Seattle can take one of Ristolainen, Eakin, Opozo, or Miller, deal goodbye. Anyone, I, if there's, if they take anyone besides those guys, I'm going to be very disappointed. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at cap friendly right now. Next year might finally be the year the, that the Risto trade happens. I, he's going to be a UFA if it doesn't happen. <laughs> my God, if they're terrible, they'll trade him at the deadline. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll get a first round pick. That'd be nice. Yeah, but, yeah, but. there's no way. I, I know you said as sure as the sun will rise. Rasmus Ristolainen will be a, he will be a saber. He's like the live-in uncle that just won't move out. <laughs> I'm thinking, I don't know. I mean, you're not that much of a video game guy. 
I know, but I'm sure some I'm sure some of our players have played Red Dead Redemption too, and you know the old drunk uncle that lives with you in the <laughs> epilogue. <laughs> That's Rasmus. That's Rasmus just lying, and he won't go away. He chips in every you know, he if you ask him to, he'll chip in. But um he's not gonna do much for you. He's not self motivated. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, so hopefully a year from now, Ras- a year from now, hopefully the Sabres will be in the playoffs, but uh and it will be probably yeah. years from now. Mm-hmm. A full 82-game season. I mean, playoffs probably be starting today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, a good silver lining is short off season. They're going to be back playing just a month or two after. It's a silver lining if you like hockey, but a dark, rainy cloud if you like the Sabres because <laughs> there's not a whole lot of time there to change, <laughs> decompress. change things, decompress and change things up. You know, poor Kevin Adams. The, Honest to God, I, he, I feel bad for the guy. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's just a Harbor Center executive that gets an offer he can't refuse. Probably his dream job as a as a kid growing up in Buffalo, and now he probably cries himself to sleep every night. <laughs> and, and now he's put in the most difficult job in the, the NHL. Well, here's something I heard this morning. Uh, Jim Rutherford was on the Sirius XM NHL Morning Show. And he he pretty much implied the reason he left the Penguins was because, like, when you're with a hockey team, pretty, like, you know, through the end of last year, through the playoffs, up until he resigned, you're pretty much quarantined 11 months straight. So imagine being Kevin Adams, right, and you're living a normal office person life at the Harbor Center or whatever he did there. And, you know, you take over his team, and you're thrown right into that lifestyle, right? You You, you can't go outside and break protocol. Uh, and on top of that, you got to do this for the first ever time. Your team's getting shut down. You fired at your first job was to fire literally everyone. Right. And they're too cheap to bring in any help for them. But like think that, 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 that quarantine point really spoke to me. It's like, yeah, these guys are locked down. I can't imagine mentally. That's very easy for a first time GM who's coming in here, you know, essentially trying to, to piece things together. And then you got Ralph Kruger in the room, too, who's got a lot to say. You know, this is like, you know, when Tim Murray left, it's like when Michael Scott left the office. Yes. That's a really good comparison. Every season, every season, (laughs) there's there's a different manager in the office. (laughs) You know, like Tim Murray. I love that. Yeah, like that Tim just made my day. Tim Murray was here. He was supposed to be the stabilizing force. Wow. You know, and then he's gone. He takes off the headset at the airport or the microphone off the airport. Says, "Won't be needing this anymore." And then, damn. Then you bring in a bunch of buffoons. <laughs> that it, can't see like, right. I think we're we're giving Tim Murray a lot of praise here. He was kind of a buffoon too, but <laughs> Michael Scott was a buffoon as well. Yeah, but, yeah. But see, he yeah. was the most liked buffoon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what I was thinking in doing some research? Remember Tim Murray's last press conference? I think so. And he said, hey, Terry lets me do my thing here. What changed? What changed? He must From have made... 2017, that spring, when he is, like, taking it back. And he's like, yeah, Terry lets me do my thing here. They, they're, they let me do my thing. They're not telling me what to do although they were <laughs> telling him not to take russian players but yeah like, what are Something, you doing i don't know they was just... it was it his fault 
was it Tim Murray that made them think like, hey, we gotta. He seems like the brakes here. He seemed like an abrasive fellow. Oh yeah, very he much. Did. Uh, but again, I mean, it could have been a conversation. Could have just been Terry Pagula woke up one day and in his, you know, you don't know in his Alaskan sized bed in Boca Raton. Yeah, yeah, and said, hey, you know what? Let's make a change today. And let's make a change. That's Can't how businessmen are. Businessmen are always thinking. They're always on top of stuff. Want to change? Did things. you see that Terry's net worth grew by four hundred? I did four hundred million. million. That's insane. Jeez. I always found it so funny when, like, Bill's Mafia people are like, oh, they're losing money. Uh, I love mm-hmm. Terry Pagula. Like, stop kissing billionaires' asses, people. Mm-hmm. It's annoying. Bootlicker. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. I will never feel any empathy for these owners. Mm-hmm. Never. I don't care if he saved the Bills. But he saved the Sabres, too. When? On what planet? Like, we were young when the Pagulas bought the Sabres. We were very young. Uh, but yeah. I remember when Bettman was, came to the podium, he said, one of the first things he said, this team was not for sale. Mm-hmm. When Tom Galasano saved the Sabres. Th- this team was going to fold in 2003. It wasn't going to relocate. The NHL never was going to let them relocate. They were closer to folding, contracting, than they were relocating. You know, I mean, or being, going to Portland. I think was that. I thought I never Port, heard about. I that. thought Portland was. I remember name. Hamilton being the Hamilton the big and destination. Portland. But like, no, we were eleven years old. Yeah. When the, when the team was bought by Pagula, and we knew they weren't going anywhere. It was just okay. Well, you know, it was never a risk, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the Tom Galasano wasn't was. selling the Sabers to relocate them after right. saving them from bankruptcy. Yeah. Come on. But. Uh, yeah, I'm not feeling sorry for Terry Pagula. Con- never gonna congratulations move. on being a horrible owner, firing people and not paying your employees during a pandemic. Yeah, well, so goes the there's your 400 million billionaire lifestyle. But uh, yeah. yeah, that's some that's some history right there. Uh, they didn't claim Victor Mete too. I want to touch yeah. on that. That really pissed me off. Yeah. Uh, Sammy Vatnin even he went Vatnin went yeah Dallas. I, they were they obviously weren't gonna pick up Vatnin but was the is the money wrong? Well, he's a UFA mm. be like I don't want to say like claiming Ristolainen off waivers mm. but one year left Ristolainen yeah well uh, still I mean I wonder if that means there was just no market for Sammy Vatnin probably not I'm surprised that they waived him yeah but they even picked met- up Jonas Siegenthaler too though. Okay. I think they gave up a third-round pick. Well, why, I mean, like, Mete, like, why was he waived? They, they couldn't find a trade partner for him? <sighs> they must not have. I don't get that. Yeah. I, I uh, thought the Sabres were interested in Mete earlier in the season. I'm surprised they didn't pick him up. I just, but stylistically, I, yeah. he's similar to Bryson, except I think he's better defensively. Like, you're last in the league, and instead you pick up Drake Casula. I, I don't understand it. You have first dibs on everybody that comes down waivers. You have first dibs. He, he's, he's yours if you fill out the proper paperwork. Like, did they not have somebody in the office? I don't know. Like, maybe, I, maybe Kevin was asleep after staying up late doing the hall trade. Like, see, what if they just don't have enough staff? They don't. Like, they, I mean, they clearly don't. But Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he. Well, you all know here? Tell me if you know if it's a trend. You want to know how much money Drake Casual is making? 
Seven seven fifty something. Seven hundred thousand like dollars. Mm. If he was making two million, do you think they make that claim? Oh no, the, I don't know how much Sammy Vatnin's making, but like it's not very common for players making over a million dollars get claimed off waivers. It's not common for people to get claimed off waivers in the first place. <laughs> like if the, I was thinking this, if the Sabers waived Jack Eichel, would he get claimed? Uh, not, I'm not saying Eichel's a bad player I or anything, so. oh, it, but uh, like, would Ottawa claim Jack Eichel off waivers? Well, see, that's that's what I'm trying to say. Or is here. it gentlemen's club? It, it depends you know? on the player. You know, this is this season's different because guys who are you know good roster players are being waived every day. This isn't like Remy Ellie being waived. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's what I mean. Like, yeah, Jack Eichel, he'd get claimed, right? I mean, but there's not many teams that can fit the salary. But I mean, you know, if like he's they there, would never, they would never waive Jack Eichel. I'm just saying, like, if a good player, like good on a good contract, yeah. got waived, no, I get it. Would they pick him up? Would I even I pick it. him up? Uh, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. But uh, I actually, I want to do a deep dive into this and see how many waiver claims have team made since 2011. Right? I want to see, you know, just how common is this? But oh, the Sabers under Botterill, they did it pretty frequently. Jordan Nolan, Ramielli. And now, uh, no, Derek really picked up Derek Grant when Tim Murray was here after they lost him. Mm-hmm. They lost Corey Tropp to Columbus that one year. That really angered me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, of course, they picked up Drake Kajula. I think he's playing with the San Diego Gulls now. Still. Mm-hmm. Oh, I believe so. Him. Yeah, I think. Well, well, well you say he still. He was. See, I, I, wasn't, I, checked that, sure. like, I checked that probably last season. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I like Corey Tropp. I, I I back was, to Curtis Lazar. I think yeah. we, we as a fan base we need to raise our standards for what good players are. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. See, and you know Lazar. I mean, right? He he had maybe he had points because he he had to play, as they say. Well, it was also Kruger's system where he yeah. the, that kind of player flirt. I don't want to say flourished, but like, yeah. You see, under Granado, yeah, the skill players are scoring now. Yeah. But the old saying goes, you know, somebody has to get the points. All right. Uh, middle stat I'm very happy for. You know, you know what's really cool? On a fantasy show, you know, they're doing a fantasy show a couple Fridays ago on NHL Network Radio. And one of the guys said, go out and pick up Casey Middlestat Because mm. someone has to get the points on that team. And you like, mentioned that they were talking about Jacob Bryson. That's, that's week right. Too. Yes, yes, I did say that. Uh, and look at that. Middlestat has been... Tearing it up. Also, Bryson has been ugh, lately. Ever since he got yeah. put with Ristolainen, mm. what a coincidence! Mm. What a coincidence! Also, forming. when we're talking about young players, the only player, the young, the only young player who really has regressed under Granado is Jacob Bryson. If yeah. you think about it, everyone else is flourishing. Like Yoki Haru and Dalene look really good. Mm-hmm. The the sevens line. Seven's line, we're going to call him that. Well, you know what? Bryson is probably the only guy in the team right now that isn't used to a coaching change. True. Darlene went through one. Middlestat went through one. Thompson went through one. Some guys went through two now. Right. Counting Kruger. Right. Well, did Thompson, did he start here? He started here with Housley, right? Yes. Yeah, Housley was a 10-game winning streak. So, you know, I think that might be, this is Bryson's first time changing to a new coach. So, 
every guy's different. I mean, every student in school is different, right? Well, this is his fourth coach in two years if you're counting Rochester. If you're counting Rochester, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you know, in the NHL, you're in the NHL, mm-hmm. right? You're playing the big time. You probably get a certain amount of confidence going and start to think, okay, well, yeah, you know what? I'm here. You know, I'm comfortable here. This is what the NHL is going to be like. And then something changes, and you're like, oh, okay, another obstacle. How do I, you know, how do I uh, adapt here? I would um, really like to see them separate those two. You get what I'm saying, though. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I mean, every every guy is at a different stage, and Oregon's supposed to be coming back soon. I oh, think. good. I think I saw that. Yeah, you know, a couple weeks ago there was that report. I forget who who said it, but apparently Kevin Adams went down to Rochester and spoke with some of the prospects. Mm-hmm. Matisse Samuelson was one, I believe. Probably, he's definitely going to get a look. He was probably point. telling him, "Hey, be ready. Season a couple weeks from now." Might call you up, get a look at you, see what you got, kid. See, I, I haven't. I'm gonna admit, I haven't watched Rochester. I canceled right, yeah. my my AHL TV subscription because mm-hmm. it was gonna auto renew, and I wasn't sure if there was gonna be an AHL season this year. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Uh, you look at the lineup for Rochester. I see like two or three players that are worth watching. Uko Pekka Lukanen's got like a 800 save percentage and a four goals against average. He, I, from what I hear, he's been one of the better players down there. Jack Quinn has been, eh, lately. Like, if you want to have some fun, go look at the, <laughs> the AHL stats for all the players that were drafted around Quinn, mm-hmm. after Quinn. Uh, Samuelson sounds like he's been a bright spot, so I, I've been very critical on the Samuelson pick, but I do think he's going to be an NHL player, and it's nice to see him scoring like he's got some goals he's putting up points so i'm that's exciting see i've never watched him play so i i'm i'm in for a surprise when he does come. i don't know if i said it last week but matthias samuelson get ready for the josh allen comparisons okay i see i see mid midwest Ooh. big guy probably Ooh. looks good in shorts he's got a yes yeah he's got a nice thick neck yeah you like, ever see that like the tequila he doesn't quite have a tequila spikes neck but he has a good neck Get ready for the I, – I, wait for it. When it happens, let me know. I want to see it firsthand, but you heard it here first. Matias Samuelson will be the next oh, yeah. Sabre to has get that, compared that, to Josh Allen. He has that tough guy grin. Yeah. You know, he's sure of himself. No hot dogging with this guy. Well, he's like 6'6", <laughs> six, 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 220 pounds. He's a big, he's a big boy. boy. He's the next big boy. To big boned. In the royal blue and gold. Yeah, oh, yeah, he looks like a man. He looks like he can overpower you. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for him. Um, What was the, what besides the Hall trade, what was the biggest disappointment mm. for the trade deadline for you? I think the uncertainty of Allmark's situation. Oh, yeah, we haven't talked about Allmark. I think, yeah, uh, Allmark, I mean, they, they want to re-sign him. Uh Right, they want they 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 there's mutual. I think they said interest in an extension. Mm-hmm. David Pagnota of the fourth period said that all Mark was going to test free agency, but that got shut down. Yeah, and you know maybe to... maybe I mean, you saw what other goalies were getting. David Riddick, Riddick I think got, got a, a third. He got a third. Dubnik got like a fifth or a fourth. So yeah, so would it have been the risk of trading all Mark if that's all you're getting? Because I mean, you know, what is is all Mark really getting you that much more than probably not. probably a second at most? Yeah. Um, so again, I mean, and we talked about this too, the potential, the potential return for guys coming up, right? Uh, I mean, were there any first round picks 
I mean, I know the blockbuster with the Capitals and Red Wings. I think that, yeah, that was involved. the only first that was dealt. Yeah, on and deadline see, day. and those are guys. Yeah, and those are guys who have term. That's 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 a deal, right? Oh yeah. Uh, so like, uh, you know, there weren't deals like that, and it should have been expected because you're only getting these guys, like I've said a couple times now, for 15 games. You're not going to trade a first round pick for anyone, you know. So maybe it was best to hold on to Allmark for that. Uh, but again, the uncertainty of, are you going to re-sign him? Are you going to bring in another goalie to play with him? Cause do you really want to go with Linus Allmark? Can Allmark, you know, like, well, clearly they're looking for it. If they were looking for Vladar and, mm-hmm. uh, Swayman from Boston in that hall trade, mm-hmm. which obviously they didn't. Yeah. So getting I think we talked about this too in the show before. There's going to be a lot of goalies available this off season. So I think I am all in on whether you get Allmark or not. Go get another goal, like trade. You even mm-hmm. like Merzlikens from Columbus. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to trade Corpusalo, but I think Merzlikens is probably more expendable there because they don't have to protect him. That adds more value. I would mm-hmm. trade Rasmus for Stalin and for Elvis Merzlikens in a second. Yeah, and add to it as well. Because if you got a goalie tandem of Allmark and Merzlikens next year, like you don't got any worries because you got a fringe starting goaltender in Merzlikens for the inevitability of when Allmark goes down with an injury. Mm-hmm. You can't be relying on Carter Hutton likes anymore. Yeah. I'm I'm just, I'm, uh, I know, you know, starting goalies don't grow on trees, but I'm sick of the 1A, 1B thing, and Allmark is just a 1A, 1B guy. He's been good, but in this team, I mean, they're far from the playoffs, but I'm really worried about Allmark's contract because you know what this situation looks like, mm-hmm. Jeff Skinner, because Allmark is having an unbelievable year. Is this the equivalent of Skinner scoring 40 goals in a terrible season? Mm-hmm. I'd say so. It's pretty close, and might not be at that magnitude, but Allmark is gonna play himself into an overpayment. He's gonna play himself into the Markstrom contract and. The next coach isn't going to like him. And then Alvis Merzlikens is the starting goaltender, and mm-hmm. all marks the backup, and you got a $6 million backup goalie mm-hmm. and a $9 million fourth liner. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to you gotta be careful here. Do they play a game of chicken and say, okay, good luck getting $6 million from anyone else? Adios. We'll circle back. Maybe that happens. But I, obviously I would love to – see all marks sign i think he's really proven himself as a number one this year i'm glad they didn't trade him for a third round pick yeah this this is his best statistical season but yeah you're you got his stats up how many times has he played a full season never never well i mean 18 19 he played 37 games last year he played 34 and then this year he's played 19, but he's like, been Yeah, he's hurt. been really mm-hmm. good this year, but how can you commit that much money towards a guy who, one, hasn't stayed healthy and has never played a full season as a starting goalie? Mm-hmm. It's tough. It's really tough. Yeah. Um, Before we sign off here, what do you think about Don Granado, head coach? <sighs> Man, you know, I'd like him to stick around, but does he stick around if he's not the head coach? Right, you always see it. Interim coaches never stick around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Never happens. And I wonder, do the assistants stay if he does stick around? 
Well, I think Girardi should stick around. I don't know about Matt Ellis because that power play is piss poor atrocious. Atrocious. Like like you said though uh, about raising our standards, I think that comes into play here. It's like we're so. I mean, let's not forget they're still losing a lot of games since mm-hmm. he took over. Yeah, they're more entertaining, but they're still losing. Uh, so look what they got though. That's true. That's true. He's getting a lot out of these guys, but uh, but who's he getting the most out of? Young players, the young guys, the young guys. There's more young guys coming up. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of coach that they've needed, yeah, for so long <laughs> to get the That's most true. out of these guys. Do you listen to Granado on WGR? I saw some uh, quotes. My God, this guy Granado's number two for me, and he's getting closer to number one. Hmm. I think I'd still pick Boudreaux, but I think Granado's connection with the younger players and how well-spoken he is. The only issue I have with his lineups has been the seven defensemen issue when he was pl- sitting hard to Ritzelainen. He's playing Reinhardt at center. He's doing all the right things. I mean, mm-hmm. like, they're not winning he all is. the games, but they're still a flawed team. You got a healthy Jack Eichel back next year. Got another goalie. Round out the defense, mm-hmm. had another top six forward, and you're looking like you might compete for a playoff spot. Like that ending of that Philly game on Sunday was magical. I wow. See again when I found out they they were down three two with like five minutes left, and the final was five. I didn't think it was done. I well, they, under well, Kruger, here, I would have thought that game was over. I thought they were winning that game. I'm glad you say that because it just reminded me they don't feel out of games anymore. I, yeah. I almost go into these games exp- that we can win any game. It didn't feel like that with Kruger. It felt like every game with Kruger, we were definitively outmatched. one nothing. it was over. Right, right. You get the first goal, is over. I feel like this team is never out of games. They don't quit under under Granado. Mm-hmm. They, they, they score goals in the final minute. Uh, and it's just like I, I, I can't stress that enough. I feel like they're never out of games. Since Granado took over, yeah, and I, I was thinking that the um what uh, I forget which game it was uh last week uh last last Wednesday, I think it was last Wednesday or Thursday. Does that make sense? One of those days, uh, I forget who they're playing, but uh, no, it it they're never out of these games, and that's that's the one takeaway that I've. I'm genuinely so excited for next season. I, I think I am too. I want to see a full season. Do they keep Asplund, Middlestat, and Thompson together? You have to. And we finally got a line mm-hmm. that is going to stick together. Yeah. Like, you can see that potential. Like you said earlier, thought of that being their third line next year or even fourth line? Mm-hmm. That's very exciting. And they have- Cut the garbage and cut the fat off the team. Replace them. Like, I know everyone's like, okay, we'll get something for Ristolainen. If Seattle takes Ristolainen, that's... Almost six million dollars off the cap. Mm-hmm. What does six million dollars get you now? Like the the value of six million dollars and a flat cap, where the players are making less money, is very valuable. Mm-hmm. I would take like if you can get Miller, trade Miller fourth fifth fourth round pick whatever, get Ristolainen out of here, buy out Eakin. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money and a lot of holes that you can fill on this line, right. this roster. Right. I'm. This is a huge off season for Kevin Adams. Huge. Mm-hmm. Do the right things. This team's in the playoffs next year. Perhaps it's just like you said, like you know, the, the small turnaround, the short turnaround. It doesn't. Time. It doesn't have to take five years. It doesn't have to take three years. Like Frank Saravelli on 
TSN was like, oh, Andres Bjork's going to be part of the rebuild. It doesn't have to be a rebuild. Mm -hmm. It could be. It very well could be. Mm -hmm. And I think they were trending towards that direction if they started floundering under Granado too. But I don't, I don't see a reason. I don't. Why can't they be Colorado of the year after they finish in last place? You're right. You're right. Yeah, because Colorado kind of they've taken the league, you know, by the you know what's, mm-hmm. and they've started. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good point. They could be. They very well could be Colorado, and who knows? Like their first round pick is that mm-hmm. gentleman going to be in the NHL? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, wow, we actually came out of this, I mean, no, I think it's a sign that, it might just be that we have the new studio, but also, since Granado took over, things are a lot more positive. Absolutely. (laughs) If Don Granado was named head coach of the Sabres tomorrow, I would be very pleased. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe they give him a one-year deal or a two-year deal. I'd give Granado a two-year deal. So it's yeah. it's not like they fire him. It's just they don't retain him. Mm-hmm. They yeah. should only be giving coaches two-year deals from here on out. But I'd be if if they name Granado the coach, I'd be very okay with it. I'd rather have Granado than Lehman. Yes, and I think the vast majority that's of fans a no-brainer would for agree me. with that. Mm-hmm. I think Gallant is going to Seattle, mm-hmm. and it's probably down to Boudreaux or. Uh, Boudreaux or Granado. Granado, yes. But, I don't know. You see, we know what we know now. Granado is able to coach these young players well and gets the most out of them. Mm-hmm. And that's something that Kruger hasn't shown to do. And I don't know Bruce Boudreaux's track record with young players, but if Boudreaux can do what Granado's doing now and more, that'd be cool, but... I don't know. I'm content with what we got now with Granado. Bring in a better assistant coach to run the power play, make some moves, and let's make the playoffs. Yeah. That sounds like a plan to me. And uh, I think it's a plan also that we wrap things up here. Thank you, everybody, for uh, listening. Had some great uh, checking the stats the last couple episodes. Really, since the show started to sound better. People have been listening longer. Like, you know, they've been taking in 82 or 92% of the entire show. Uh, so that's good. On a- That's on Apple Apple Podcasts. Um, but so thank you if you've been sticking around this long. Uh, thank you for hanging in there with us. And we will see you in the next one.